Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. I pray that uh, as we celebrate Christmas and as you put up your tree, if you haven't already, and you think about, uh, as we think about the evergreens, we remember the everlasting nature of, uh, of Christ, as we look at the lights that we might remember that uh, Jesus is the light of the world, and I pray that, uh, that as we think about these things, that, uh, that or as we see them over the course of the season, that we might be reminded of, uh, of what uh, the true meaning of, uh, of Christmas is all about. You know, I want to start this morning. This is the uh, second week of, of Advent, our celebration of the, of the Christmas season. And as such, I want to talk to you a little bit uh, this morning about, uh, about peace. And uh, as Nick uh, read to us just, uh, just a few minutes ago out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of his peace. You know, this, the, the, the word, the Hebrew word that is that is translated government is only, is only used twice in the Old Testament. And both of them right there in this one passage of Scripture. And, 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 and it's so much more than just government. It is, it is, the, it is the, the Hebrew word sar, and it just, it just means, excuse me, that's not right. It is, uh, it is the, the, the root of it is the word sarah. And it, and it means to prevail or to have power. So it's not just about a rule of government. It is about a rule of everything. And, uh, and it's the, the names, while this is not a, a message on those names of, of God, but, but his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Wonderful Advisor, Wonderful Person that that gives us guidance and counselor, mighty God, powerful, mighty God, eternal, everlasting Father. And then it says Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace. That word prince is, uh, is the, the Hebrew word that is, that is sar, and it, and, it, and it just, it means head person. And it's used multiple times in Scripture. It can be, it can be one who is a keeper. It can be the, the keeper of the, of the prison, the, the chief of the bakers, the ruler of hundreds, the ruler of thousands. It is the one that is in charge of something or someone. And Jesus' title is Prince of Peace. Head of peace. 
The word peace is the, is the Hebrew word shalom. And it means far more than, than, what, than what we usually think of peace. Whenever we think of peace, we think of the, you know, an absence of conflict or turmoil. You know, I, I think of the, uh, the, the, the movie Miss Congeniality, right, where Sandra Bullock, you know, when they interview her and they ask her, okay, you know, what is the one thing that you would hope, you know, and they almost make fun of it, but they say, oh, world peace, I read something this week that said, it was written a lot of years ago, but it said in the five and a half millennia since man's been on the earth that there have been roughly 300 years of peace. Unbelievable. That's somewhat what we think of peace, but, but we know that there's others. You know, my, my mom and dad used to shout out, right, in a house of four boys, for a little peace and quiet, please. What, that was code for go away, go outside, go to your room, stop roughhousing, fighting, whatever it is. Give us, give me some peace and quiet. And then, then we we use it in a in a framework by saying things like, "Well, he's made peace with it." Something, something that has, has bad that has happened or, or a mistake, a grievous mistake that's been made, but, but somehow it has been tolerated and gotten beyond, so we have, made, we have made peace with it. We have peace treaties. Most of them over the course of history have been broken, which was quit fighting. Right, an absence of war. Almost always when we use the word peace, it is defined in the negative. It's defined in the negative. Stop something in order that we might have peace. But the word shalom means so much more than that. You, uh, you probably recognize it even as a greeting in Hebrew. And it and it and it me it, it it has this meaning of not really ceasing from from conflict or or strife, but it, it has more of a meaning of well-being and happiness and health and prosperity and security and completeness and and positive positive attributes. So it's not just the absence of something, but real peace is the presence. Of something. And we know from this passage that we've just read in Isaiah that his name will be called Prince of Peace. Jesus was, better, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the head person of peace. And I, I want us to look at some things this morning just for the few minutes that we have left. Some, some things that, that his peace brings. Really look at it from, from two perspectives. First is Jesus brings peace with God. Peace with God. And then after we experience peace with God, Jesus brings the peace of God to our lives. And, and those are a little bit uh, different things you know in the in the Christmas story that probably to most of you 
is uh, is well known in Luke chapter 2. Uh, in fact, I think we quoted it. I was kind of in and out, and I wasn't real sure, but... You know, it says that in the, in the region, in the same region, that there were shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And I would imagine that probably, I'm not sure what sheep do at night, but I'm assuming they probably don't do much, right? And I'm, I'm, I imagine that that was a fairly peaceful evening for a while. But then the, the Bible says, an angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Peace gone. What in the world is going on? The angel said to them, do not be afraid. For I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then the scripture says, the one that I want to talk about this morning, says, And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. This is my favorite, my favorite Christmas verse in all of the Christmas story. This is my favorite. You know, the amplified version of the Bible says this. It says, glory to God in the highest heaven is what these multitude of heavenly host angels, I assume, that joined the one angel that brought the message to the shepherd. Can you imagine the skies? I don't know how many's in a multitude, but I'm sure it's more than what you might be able to count. But can you imagine this multitude of angels showing up in this night sky, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God. They bring glory to God. They give God the glory for the birth of the Savior. Birth of the Savior is closely tied to the glory of God. Everything is tied to the glory of God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Men of goodwill, of his favor is what the Amplified Bible says. And I have to stop and, and say, who? What men? What men is God well pleased of? What men have his favor resting on them? You see, I know and probably you know Romans chapter 3 verse 23. That says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All, all men, all people fall short because of sin. Fall short of the glory of God. We, if we were to read a little earlier in that Romans chapter 3 passage, 
Paul in, in talking to the Romans before he gets to all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He says, there is none righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is none who seeks God. There is none who does good, not even one. Then in verse 17, he says this, And the path of peace they have not known. Sinful man does not know the path of peace. But, but God sent Jesus that night to be the pathway of peace. The pathway before a, between a, a glorious, holy God in his highest of heaven. And those sinful, dirty, unclean, sinful preachers, shepherds, preachers, all of you. God sent Jesus to be the pathway to peace. The Apostle Paul in in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, put it like this. He's, he said that Jesus broke down the partition that existed between God and us. And he gave us peace with him and made the way of peace possible for everyone. I bring you good news, which will be for all people, but unto you is born this day a Savior. If you've never trusted in Christ as your personal Savior, you, you lack this peace. In Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews says this. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, so who were these men upon whom the goodwill of God was bestowed? Not sinful men, men of faith. Men of faith. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. To be justified means to be regarded as innocent. To be regarded as innocent. To be regarded by God just as if I had never sinned. What a glorious salvation that is. That we are justified by faith. We are justified. We are regarded as innocent of our sin by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trusting in the work of Jesus on the cross. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, For God, for He made Him, for God made Jesus who knew no sin. To be sin for us, 
that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus. Justified. At peace with God. If you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, you don't have that peace. We all fall for schemes of the devil. We try all kinds of things to create peace and and tranquility in our life. We try more and more things and toys or, or bigger houses or nicer places or better jobs. We try uh, relationships, new relationships, children, all kinds of things that we, that we have in our life that bring us, that bring us bits of, of peace. Some turn to alcohol or drugs or other things to gain a bit of peace. But no matter, no matter what we do, one day, One day, we all are going to have to deal with the fact that there is no path to peace except Jesus. And one day, all of us will answer to God for what we did with Jesus. You know, one of the things that I read this week, said this and it's it's a startling reality but it is so true it said if 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 mankind if man if men men and all of us if if we really understood the justice of God and how much sin separates us from a holy God and that one day because of our offense of sin, one day judgment comes. Judgment, hell, torment, eternal separation from all things good. That if we really understood what our sin was in the, in the face of God, that we would never have one single moment of peace. There is no peace without God. And there, and there we have the reason for the, for the angel's proclamation. I bring you good news, which is for all people. Your Savior has been born. Glory, glory to God, they said, peace on earth among men of faith. Among men of faith. You know, probably most of us here, and, and only, only God knows, only God knows what relationship you have with Him. Probably most of us here have believed. We have trusted in Jesus. We have trusted in the work on the cross. And we have have given our lives to Him. Probably most of us have. And therefore the enmity, the separation, eternal separation from God has been resolved. We have peace with God. But experiencing... That peace 
on a day-to-day basis is a whole other story, right? I mean, I, if you're anything like me, and, I, and I, hope, I hope that you're not, I am not very good at experiencing the peace of God in all moments. You know, we all have jobs, and we have responsibilities, and we have expectations, some, of, some that we place on ourselves, some that others place on us. You know, I look at all of these students that over here, they have expectation of parents, they have expectation of pastors, they have expectation of teachers and coaches and band directors and friends and all kinds of stuff, and most all of us do. And we, we pack our calendars so full of places to be and people to see. It seems that oftentimes there's no, there's no breathing room. There's no space. There's no peace. At least it seems to be that way in my life a lot. Now we, we juggle it. And we persevere and, and we get through Usually complaining, whining, until we don't. You know, this week, you know, like you guys, I'm I'm a pretty busy guy too, right? And and this has been a big week. We've been trying to get decorations ready. We've been working on on this stuff that you've seen. We've had a we've had a community uh, event, you know, that we participated in. Uh, I've had a car break down. We've had I've had message to prepare. Just all all kinds of stuff, you know. And and like you, those things start kind of weighing on you a little bit. You know, it comes Friday, and it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't got nearly enough of this done. And I walk in the office, and Secretary Billy says, "Well, so and so called, and they need you to." I did not have peace. You guys can, surely you can relate. It's like, what? I mean, you know, do they really need me to do that? I mean, you know, and, and whine and complain. And, and you know, I, I've been working on a message of peace. Now, you guys think that's funny. God thought it was funny, too. Because all of a sudden, it just occurred to me. What in the world are you thinking and saying? I am peace. I am peace. And, and I almost, with the, at the contrast in my life between what I knew of God and what I was experiencing in my life, I, I laughed out loud sitting in my office. Because it's like, Good grief, you're the preacher. (laughs) But you know, I'm not a lot different than you guys. We have have those times. You know, and, and we all have these thoughts and dreams of Christmas. You know, the... The song, Silent Night, there's all kinds of stories that go with Silent Night. You know, I read one this week of a, I can't remember who it was, a country and western singer that used to play in the bars, shady bars. 
and uh, where fights would break out, you know, when it got late and all that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, when the rednecks started running for their guns and the bikers started grabbing pool cues, he said, I would start playing Silent Night. And he said, you know what, everything stopped. Because, you see, we, we have these images in our head and in our mind about what the perfect Christmas looks like. And it's rarely, you know, packages strewn all over the floors and something burning in the oven and no place for everybody to sit. And, and we got to be at Grandma's house in 20 minutes and almost anything other than peace. But, you know, Jesus said, I've come that you might have peace. You know, we, as we, as we think about it, the, the thing that, that, I, that I have to end with is this. How, how, do we, how do we really experience peace? Not, not just the absence of conflict, but how do, we, how do we experience, how do we get a moment-by-moment moment realization of well-being and blessedness, blessing and, and happiness and joy? There's some keys in Scripture. In John chapter 14, Jesus is telling his disciples, again, all of these are, are for disciples, Followers of Jesus have the capacity to have peace. Folks that aren't followers of Jesus have no capacity for lasting peace. Everything will be temporary. But in John chapter 14, Jesus is, is talking to his disciples and he's telling them about the, what he calls the helper, the advocate. And he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And then he said this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. See, the Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is, is what brings us peace. He, he says it again in, in John chapter 16, verses 32 and 33. He says, Behold, an hour is coming and has already come. He was telling his disciples this right before he goes to the cross. And he said, there, A time has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and leave me alone, yet I will not be alone because the Father is with me. And then he says this, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. The peace that overcomes, does it mean that you're not going to be busy? Does it mean that you're not going to have things go wrong? No, absolutely not. But what it does mean is that the peace of God overcomes all of those obstacles. See, there was no reason in my office on Friday to have responded like I did. Because I have the Holy Spirit of God within me. And I have the peace of God in reality 
within me. So if all of that is true, that, that Jesus says, my peace I give you, right? In me you have peace. How, how do we appropriate that? How do we reach out and get it and, and wear it and make it real where we respond right, where we think right, where we're not pressed down and anything other than peace? How do we do that? One quick verse. In Philippians chapter 4, in verses 6 and 7, Paul says this. He says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. The, uh, the Amplified Bible, which I love to read and, and study on, says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. It's like, yeah, that's what I want, right? No anxiety, no fretting, no worrying about anything, right? And then it says this, but, 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 in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Pray. Pray. With prayer and supplication. Supplication is, I mean, it is, it is that, uh, uh, that specific kind of, of, of prayer. It, it, is the, it is praying like what Jesus prayed in the garden. Father, let this cup pass from me. Prayer and supplication that is real, heartfelt, laid on the line. Make your request known to God. You know, people talk about what kind of good it does them, right, to go to psychologists or, you know, again, I, you know, I think of movies, I guess, Crocodile Dundee, right? And they're talking to him about, you know, going, you know, going to your, you know, your therapist or whatever it was. And it's like, therapist? And it's like, yeah, you know, the person that you go tell all your problems to. And he said, oh, a mate, you know, a friend. Well, that's, that's, the, that's what we have in Jesus. Pray in everything. Make your requests be made known to God. It's an attitude. It's it's a it's praying all the time. All you know the those things that stressed me out. You know, if I'd have just spent a little more time praying about them, they wouldn't have done that. Because this scripture promises. Put it back up there, guys. This scripture promises, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, which surpasses all understanding, you don't even get how much peace we can have. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The heart, the seat of feelings. Prayer will help us to have right feelings. And the mind says that the peace of God Past all understanding will guard our minds so that we thinking right things. And instead of dwelling on all of the stuff that was going wrong or that I wasn't getting done, 
right? I have the peace of God, and I'm thanking God for all the blessings that I have and for the opportunity that I have to serve Him. And if we just stop a little bit and we think about everything that God has given us, we spend a lot less time worrying and fretting. And the peace of God will flood your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace that passes all understanding. So, we pray. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't, those are commands, by the way. It's like, I don't know how to do that. Well, you do it by praying. There's a little more to it, but I don't have time to get into all of it tonight. I'll talk some more about it tonight. I mean, I don't have time to get into all of it this morning, but I'll talk some more about it tonight. But, but it, is, it is thanking God for what He's done and what He's doing in your life. It's about praying and laying the things on, on the line that are causing us to be robbed of our peace that we have through the Holy Spirit of God that is indwells us. You know, and, and maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, I don't, I don't have peace with God. Judgment and hell scares me to death. Today, good news has come to you. Because you can, in faith believing, trust what Christ, what Jesus has done and be saved. And, and at once, at once... You, have, you can have peace with God where, where no longer are you going to be responsible for paying the price for your sin because that was laid on Jesus. He is our peace. As we start a hymn of invitation, if that's you, you come and confess that. You come and, and, and tell me, I have never trusted in Christ, but I want to. I sense the calling of God in my life to become a Christian. That's what we call it. And we'll help you understand how to do that. It's as simple as calling out to Him. Or maybe you have peace with God, but the peace of God in your life is lacking. Pray. to Jesus. I surrender all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender. You can have the peace of God, the peace that passes all comprehension, if we just pray. Lay our requests out to God, and with thanksgiving, give Him praise. You know, as we celebrate Christmas, I pray that those are the kinds of things that we remember. 
Jesus, this passage in Luke said, and when the angel, or excuse me, in Isaiah, as Isaiah is prophesying that, he says, "And, and of his kingdom and his peace will ever be increasing. Is peace increasing in your life? It ought to be. Peace ought to be increasing in our lives. As we grow in our walk with the Lord, the peace should should be growing and not shrinking. Confess that to the Lord and ask Him to help you with that. Amen? All right, our our kids are going to come back up as we uh, are are ending today. And uh, they're going to lead us in another uh, song. Not kids, I think everybody. Uh, Huh? Everybody, everybody's going to come back up, and we're going to be dismissed today to a song that uh, that they're going to do for us. I need to get this uh, pulpit out of the way, but uh, but uh, I hope that uh, that you've been blessed by our service today. I pray that uh, that the joy of Christmas fill your hearts. I pray that you that you not be consumed with all of the trappings of the world but that you might be filled with the joy and peace of the Savior. Amen. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.